Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, Tiger fans. Just wanted to note, we recorded this Saturday after the game, but before the firing of defensive line coach Jethro Franklin. So if you're wondering why we didn't talk about that, it hadn't happened yet. Anyway, enjoy the show. M-I-Z. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Receiver wide open. It's Tyler Beatty with the first touchdown of the Eli Drinkwitz era at Missouri. Don't be afraid to be great. It don't get no better than that, man. He's like wide open receiver across midfield. Still going. Missouri. Amazing. First the nine. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. With me, as always, is president of the Steve Wilkes fan club, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And we're here to report in after uh, witnessing Missouri Tigers lose at home to the Tennessee Volunteers, 62-24. to <laughs> Called the Columbia Police Department. We have a murder to report. It was ugly, and it was, I mean, I was just thinking about it, Colin. It's been a few hours now since we've come home from the game, and I think it was one of maybe top five all-time shittiest Mizzou games I've ever seen. Well, at least it didn't happen to a team we dislike. <laughs> and, you know, we, we talked and talked and talked about our big tailgate and how we, you know, we've always mm-hmm. said the three things we couldn't control, weather, time of game, and whether our team was any good. And yep. so we, yep. we struck out 0 for 3. Yep. We didn't show up, and I don't think we have any chance of – I mean, we got, what, Vanderbilt and Northern Texas, that's it. Yeah, the uh, coaching staff and players have taken a firm we suck policy as it relates to football. Wow, I don't even know where to start. It started right out of the gate. <laughs> Mizzou had no answers, and so they thought, mm, let's go to a gimmick. And so they went to a – what was it, a 3-3-5? And, uh, On defense. Yeah, with a guy – playing three feet from the nose tackle and then him just running to play nose tackle as soon as the snap. I don't know. I don't even know what it was. And then, and then they just go back uh, to what they've been doing because obviously a stupid gimmick didn't work. And uh, it was just a, just the um, lack of effort on tackle. I mean, the fucking linebackers, man. I mean, I, I, I feel like we just never stopped talking about how, how bad the defensive line is and they are terrible, but our linebackers are fucking garbage. Man, it's, I don't know what to tell you, fans. Holy shit. I mean, that was a complete and utter dismantling of our defense. Well, on top of it, it was a horrible performance. But one of the worst outings by Connor Bazelak we've ever seen. Oh, man. We were there to see it firsthand. And uh, I owe uh, a lot of Mizzou fans an apology because I have been saying, like, oh, I don't understand why they're so hard on Connor Bazelak. But, boy, he had a bad game today. And part of the reason it was uh, 
particularly noticeable when you're in person is because you can see the routes down the field that he's not throwing to. You know, a couple of passes he did complete and make. I mean, he literally didn't throw to open wide receivers that were 10 yards further down the field. He was under pressure all day, which is something that might get lost in all of this. But the offensive line played fucking poorly as well. Man, there are enough adjectives in the world. This was hot dog water. Hot dog water. Wrapped in hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. Covered in rancid hobo cum. <laughs> Do I have to dig up our rancid hobo hey, yeah, cum? Can we, let's find a drop yeah. for rancid hobo cum. We're going to have to if the season keeps going the way it is. It's definitely a hobo well, cum I, kind it, of year. In the years we've been doing this, I've never felt the need to to you know use rancid hobo cum to describe our football team. But we're there. Hobo cum. <laughs> It's a hobo cum kind of year. (laughs) (laughs) It's a cliche for a reason. (laughs) Well, I think one of the things I want to mention, I just want to put this in a little bit of context because we are down in the fucking dumps, obviously. And Colin, it never fails that there will always be Pollyannas amongst our fan base. So I just kind of wanted to get a general feel for how others felt. And Mm -hmm. clearly there were a lot of people who were upset like we are. I mean, we... Personally, I'm to the point where I, I'm saying, like, if you want to fire a defensive coordinator after the first year, that can seem pretty irrational. And you can be really mm-hmm. hot-headed sure. saying you want to do this kind of stuff. But this was cataclysmically bad. And we have struggled defensively since Central Michigan. Like, we have not had a good defensive performance. And it's not getting better. It's getting worse. And it's getting so bad that it is like, yeah, we might have to fucking can our D coordinator well, because he – is incompetent, apparently, because this is – how can you possibly do worse? Bernie, the scary thing is where's the bottom? Because if you've watched these games, you think, well, we, at least we can't get any worse at defense. I mean, there's we, we're giving up like 300 yards on the ground per game. So how could it get any worse? Well, where's the bottom at? Because every time I think our defense couldn't conceivably play any worse – here we are. Well, <laughs> you know and I mean? here's, here's the Where's bad, the bottom? Here's the bad news. Tennessee isn't any fucking good. This is a bad Tennessee team. Georgia, we watched them dismantle a very good Arkansas team today. I saw an offensive lineman for Georgia push <laughs> an Arkansas defensive lineman straight back for six yards, and the running back just ran into the end zone. <laughs> I mean, he was clearing a lane. It was like a fucking snowplow, mm-hmm. and that's against a good Arkansas. They are going to kill us. Yeah. They're going to absolutely fucking kill us. Yeah, we should we should probably forfeit the rest of the season. Maybe, maybe Vanderbilt and North Texas. But that's what we're staring at. It's a four-win season if we're lucky. Yeah, forget bowls now. I mean, it's out of the question. Yeah. It's emergency mode, and the talk of getting rid of Steve Wilkes – Colin, let's just, I just want to put this in this perspective. It's not just the idiot fan podcast and Mazzotcast screaming for people's heads. Mm-hmm. It's not just that. He, he got asked by Ben Fredrickson of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Drinkwitz did, in his post-game press conference if he needed to fire his defensive coordinator. And Drinkwitz didn't say no. <laughs> yeah, just so I haven't even considered that yet. We just got done. I, I'll, I'll say that. I mean, as for as toothless and frustrating as the press box super friends can be, Ben Fredrickson, you know, he lit him up. Well, and he's and of the sports writing world, he's the guy who's quickest to sort of point out flaws and not be quite so poly. Well, there's I mean, a difference between being a beat writer and being no, for sure. Yeah, I agree, but it's um, it's actually a, a difference that I've never much cared for. <laughs> but um, you know, like as if being a beat writer means you can't have an opinion about the football team. But yeah, he kind of excoriated everything about this. And but the, the real problem is, is like when you what is his name, Brandon Kylie on his Twitter feed shared a couple of snips from the game that he'd saw and uh, just watching Mizzou players make business decisions. You know what I mean? As in, we're not going to try to hurt ourselves 
giving too much effort to tackle these fellas. You know what I mean? There are several shared several little snippets of the game where you just get a very good idea really quickly that it's not just scheme. It's that these players do not give a fuck <laughs> and they are not interested in tackling and they're not interested in getting better. And if the scheme issues didn't fall squarely on coaching, which obviously they do, the effort certainly does. And I mean, what a disaster. And that falls on Drinkowitz too. I mean, I think everybody is obviously talking about Wilkes because he's the new guy. And, and it's the defense. And his so defense is playing pro- so poorly. But yeah, I mean, Drinkowitz owns every bit of this. The thing about Drinkwitz is not only is the swagger gone now, it almost looks like he doesn't have any fucking answers. Like he's just as bewildered by this as us. And Colin, you mentioned Ben Fredrickson, Brandon Kylie, both like ripping on the performance of this team and the effort. Dave Matter, Dave Matter. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast. Nobody's going to get confused with the Mazadcast, right? If we are the extreme reactionary, emotional, you know, quick to lop people's heads off kind of nut jobs, Dave Matter's the opposite of that, right? Like he's calm, cool, collected. He's just going to report the news. Well, here's how he described it in his report of the game. These are some of the terms he used, not Mazadcast. This is Dave Matter saying this. I just want to, anybody that's trying to make excuses for this team, this is what Dave Matter said. Horrendous. Worst loss, lopsided, disastrous, completely overwhelmed, overmatched, anything but coordinated, hapless, historically bad, and dud. These are yeah. all pulled from one article. Yeah. These guys are fucking bums. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was it's, it was a bum performance. I mean, yeah. Ennis Rakestraw got called out uh, by a lot of people, I think, mm-hmm. for his lackadaisical effort. Yeah. Um, it makes me wonder what the effort's like in the locker room with the coaching staff. I mean, like I said, Drinkowitz owns this. I mean, I understand the, he's not the defensive coordinator, but Jesus Christ, these guys are not even trying anymore. And well, and you know, whenever there's a big loss, an embarrassing loss, a bad loss, it seems like on social media anyway, the fans kind of turn on each other. Like mm-hmm. you start to eat sure, around. Sure. And that seemed to be happening, and people are like separating out into camps as to whether. And it's, it seems like it's a false choice to me. It's like we're only bad at defense this year because we have bad personnel. The scheme he has is fine. If we had better players, then we'd be fine. But I also think like it was not the scheme that misses tackles. It's not the scheme that loafs on touchdown plays. That's effort, mm-hmm. and the defensive coordinator is just as responsible for well, that. The scheme is not the only thing a D coordinator does, and they're not being coached right now. This is an uncoached it's team. A, it's a distinction without a difference. <laughs> when you're this bad at defense, I don't care 
they're, it's all not working. It's everyone's fault. It's the scheme. It's the coach. It's the effort. It's all of it. Yeah, I mean, you can't be this bad and say one portion might be better or worse if, if these circumstances were. It's just it's so bad you can't have the, even have those conversations. There's it's it's ludicrous to do so. To break into camps is is dumb. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's only one camp. We're terrible at defense, and something needs to change radically. And now, yeah, and then you know, it reminds me of the Devonte Cross days. I mean, you know, Devonte didn't make it through the season, and I don't see how Wilkes will at this point. Uh, I know this is this is a mortal wound. This mm-hmm. kind of game is a mortal wound to your to your tenure at a to job. your career. Fuck. And Drinkowitz. I mean, this is the first time where I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I, I remember with uh, Odom at some point being like, uh oh, I'm not sure Odom's going to be the answer. Mm-hmm. And I'm not there with Drinkowitz yet. I'm just saying, but this is the first time with Drinkowitz. I've been like, well. I mean, honestly, I've just sort of been convinced. Like, uh, Drinkwitz is going to be fine. You know what I mean? The, the way the Drinkwitz era is going to end with him getting hired by somebody better than Mizzou. That was what I had told myself. Honestly, I'd never entertained a scenario where Drinkwitz would just fail. And for the first time today, I thought, he could. You know what I mean? I just assumed because, uh, you know, what I saw last year and... Uh, the, the direction we... Yeah, everything looked in the recruiting and stuff. Like, we would just be fine. And the, the way this all ends is we are going to win a lot of football games and Drinkwitz is going to get poached. But No, we're, to, we're regressing. Yeah, and today opened my eyes to another possibility that I hadn't really wanted to think about or consider, and that is Drinkwitz might fucking fall on his face. And seeing a, uh, an outcome like today... That wasn't just getting beat by a better team. It was getting just completely dismantled by a team that's not very good. I mean, just dismantled. I, there's no other way to fucking say it. I mean, it, it's as embarrassing a loss as Mizzou's going to have. And we've had some embarrassing losses. But most of the time when we're having these podcasts, we're talking about a miserable loss. It's in the context of losing to Middle Tennessee at homecoming. Well, you know, in a, in a fucking shootout. Or losing, I don't know, to uh, Indiana on a, the end of a play. I mean, like some... You know, but this reminds me of like Purdue, where you're fucking dismantled by a team that isn't any good. Well, that's the thing. The the way I felt about the game reminded me of when I went to the 2008 Big 12 Championship game in Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah. And Oklahoma. Oklahoma, where the wind comes. Destroyed us. I mean, they just. We couldn't do anything. We just looked like they pulled down our pants and jerked our little boy dick off. You know what I mean? And we couldn't do anything about it. What was this? That was that quarterback's name, Sam something or other. Oh, uh, Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford. Yeah, yeah. I I was so frustrated because my team was so fucking inept, and I felt that way today. The only difference is that fucking Oklahoma team was ranked like number two in the country and went on to the fucking BCS. This is a three-and-two now Tennessee team that isn't any good. So it's worse than those days by a long shot, but the frustration is just as real because it is one of the worst games Missouri's played in the last 31 years, Colin. It's, It's historically bad. It's the worst loss we've had since we've been in the SEC. It's, it's to put it in perspective, it's something Barry Odom never did. Yeah, that's you know what, what I mean? we're talking like, about. And you can blame Barry Odom if you want, but you also have to blame Steve Wilkes at this point. And you also have to blame Drinkowitz. And, and I do blame Barry Odom. I mean, like it's pretty obvious that Barry Odom, being a world-class sourpuss, didn't equal great recruiting. Yeah, that's and, right. Um, no charm whatsoever. Yeah, being just just a fucking personality-less douche didn't attract ball players. But that, that's, having said that, I don't know, if you, if you wanted to put it on a scale of 1 to 10 in defenses, these players will never going to be a 10. They don't, they're not big enough. They're not talented enough. But to be a 1... It's hard for me to believe that they would be a one. Well, whenever they crunch the numbers at the end of this weekend, we're probably going to be the worst defense in, in the, college football. And that's what I'm saying. So if we're the 
on a scale of one to 10, we're a one. And I mean, I think Drinkowitz, I, I know I certainly expected, and I think that a different coach or maybe a different scheme or whatever might, could, could make us a three. You know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe a four, you know what I mean? I don't know. What I'm, all I'm saying is, is like, I don't believe we're, nobody is as bad as we are right now. Yeah. If just based on, you know, pure talent, like well, there's enough ball players on that field that we don't need to be a one and we're getting one activity right now, which means the coaches are failing miserably. And if you're putting it all on horses in the stable and recruiting, keep in mind, this wasn't an awful defense last year. And in fact, the line was supposed to have some depth to it. And we were supposed mm-hmm. to look at this as a strength. And on top of that, Four of these starters were recruited by Drinkwitz. They're his guys. Now, mm-hmm. it's not 100% on Odom from even the recruiting standpoint. Now, this is Drink's team. The honeymoon's fucking over, baby. This is a catastrophe. They don't fill gaps. They don't They don't. Uh, they don't do the anything, edge. Colin. I they, mean, they, they sl- Blaze Oliver sucks. I'm a sucks. Listen to my words on this podcast. I'm sick. He had three and a half fucking sacks in the first game, and everybody and has been riding that. And every game I said have been, I'm like, Colin, you're not watching that closely. Maybe he's doing some things you're not paying attention to. I don't know. You know what I mean? I've been reticent to go open both barrels on any player. But goddamn. I mean, Blade Jolder just fucking slides off people like a wet fucking turd. He is never in the fucking gap he's supposed to be. I mean, that guy sucks at playing linebacker. And luckily, we played a shitty team that doesn't know how to do blitz pickup. And he got a bunch of fucking sacks one game. And now everybody's like, Blade Aldridge. <laughs> And uh, you can quote me. And I'm just, I've watched him suck all day long. And one thing I will say scheme-related is fucking Steve Wilkes needs to get fucking Martez Manuel closer to the line of scrimmage. Like, every time he brings him into the box, he does something worthwhile. But most of the time, he's out on a fucking island in the middle of nowhere, nowhere involved in this defense. And he's one of the few players on this defense that has any talent at all. Ugh. I mean, fuck. That's... <laughs> It's something. I mean, the the season's fucking wrecked. I guess I should have known a transfer from Rice was not going to be the answer. (laughs) Well, that's on me. I I don't know. I mean, I think that that we got to start talking. There are conversations at all levels now about the future of Steve Wilkes, and I do not think that Steve Wilkes and... Eli Drinkwitz are going to have an easy conversation with each other in the next couple of days because things aren't good. Anyway, Colin, I do want to clear the air and make things a little brighter around here. We did host our big tailgate, and I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Why don't we take our first break? We'll get into that. Of course, we're going to play your voicemails because I'm sure you all had a lot of thoughts on this game as well. We had a pretty big day with the Mazadcast. We had a lot of people come out, a lot of the people we know and love from the show, and a few surprises as well. So stay tuned. This is the Mazadcast. Hey guys, Mazodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. Colin, 
We had a lot of calls today. A lot of people had a lot of thoughts, and I am kind of curious on how this goes. In the past, when we've had a bad loss, and I feel like get ready for those, it's been cathartic for me to hear the fans just unload. Yeah, I'm ready. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Hey, what's up, you fucking idiot? Sorry I couldn't make it today. Feel like shit. I'm sorry. Hope you guys have a good turnout. Have a fucking blast. Fuck Tennessee. Beat some ass. Drink some beers. Good luck, fellas. Also, Josh Heifel is a lizard person. Love you, bye. <laughs> I feel like uh, <laughs> Phil's mood is going to change as the voicemails move forward. Yeah, this was at 8.27 in the morning. I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. I think at this point he's just kind of missing the fact that he didn't get to Yeah, this. he's got a little FOMO right now. Yeah, yeah. These are always chronologically, and this is at 11.22, so things had just gotten started. That was a nice kick. I don't know how many yards we just had negated because of holds that drive, but that's a real nice kick, and that's a thick-ass boy. Thick-ass boy. That boy's thick. He's obviously talking about Mavis. Yeah, put our first points on the board. We were still, I guess, theoretically in the game. Yeah. It didn't take long. We were not out of the first five minutes, basically, when that when the game pretty much come out, got out of hand. But Yeah, and the reason we had to kick a field goal was because we just couldn't stop holding all the way down the field. I'm too sad to leave a witty, funny voice message. Fuck our defense. Fuck Josh Heupel's neck chin. <laughs> Fuck the holding penalties. Sure. Harrison Mevis is good. He is. Maybe he can play defense. He's bigger than our linebacker. <laughs> M-I-Z. I bet he does yeah. outweigh our linebackers. Break out the hard stuff. Yeah. Man, end of the first quarter, and you got to say the best players that Tennessee's got is, uh, you know, all those goddamn Tigers doing all the goddamn penalties that were stopping potential productive drives. This is the Tigers that I know and love. M-I-Z. This is still at the point in the game where things mattered. You know, like the penalties yeah, people actually. Are, people are disappointed. I'm, I, I'm expecting rage and apathy. Yeah. Like, right now it's just frustration. Yeah. Now it's baseline just, of Mizzou yeah. frustration. Like, man, I thought I, I hoped for better. Do you guys need a hug? Well, come on down and visit Mizzou's defense. Voted 2021's best huggers in the SEC. <laughs> How about an escort? Do you guys need an escort? Mizzou's defense will escort other teams right to the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll push back on that a little bit, Brandon. Saying that you know, a hug requires us getting a hand on, yeah. and we don't, we don't always do the best job of hugging. We're pretty good hand tacklers. I'll take it though. I'll take you up on it. I could use a hug right now. My eighty-two-year-old grandma can tackle better than this shit. That doesn't take much. Just effort. That's all we ask. Yeah. yeah. Like to thank Mizzou for sucking dick early in the season. Damn, I was able to cancel my swing membership and saved eighty-two dollars plus tax. Thanks again. Yeah, we can appreciate that as a hosting a Mizzou podcast, and you can just watch by the downloads the enthusiasm drain from the <laughs> fan base. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, it's going to be it's not hard on the hard ad revenue. To see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm a Mizzou fan and a current student. I'm currently at the game. It's not even fucking halftime. And I'll say right now, as far as Eli Drinkwitz, I fucking whip my own ass and then resign shortly after the game. This is hard to fucking watch. M-I-Z. <laughs> yeah, that's not wrong, really. I mean, that's... <sighs> if he punts again, Coach Drinkwitz should be fired. We don't have a defense. <laughs> Just run four plays. I don't care where you're at on the field. It doesn't matter. They're going to score. Just don't punt the ball. Do you think this is the first fire Drinkwitz we've ever heard in the voicemail segment? Uh, it might be. It's It's irrational. But understandable. 
You know what I mean? Like at this point, like we did just get absolutely bum fucked. I don't know. Yeah, it's hobo cum. Hobo cum. Yeah, I think we we alluded to it earlier, Brandon. It's a bunch of hobo cum. Hobo cum. Hello, Houston, Missouri fan. I literally, I've had to change my child's nappy twice, and it's full of shit. And I, I looked at uh, watching fucking Missouri's defense. The sh- picking up the shit was actually better than watching that. Tripe. Fuck everybody. This is going to be ugly. We're going to get fucking beat by Vanderbilt. Jesus fucking Christ. We're shit. God, I hope we don't lose to Vanderbilt. But I mean, Nothing's off the table, Yeah, Colin. I mean, like, listen, like, when our defense is this bad, before the game when we were at the tailgate, somebody asked me, he's like, Colin, what do you think the – who you pick and what do you think is going to happen? I was like, well, you can't pick Mizzou until the defense shows you they can stop somebody. And I think it surprised people, but I'm just like, our defense has been historically bad, and somehow it was worse today. I tell you what, our defense is making that Peter Griffin looking some bitch wearing orange look like Nick Saban. We're bad, y'all. We're bad. <laughs> He's right, and he? he is Peter Griffin looking. That's all true. Peter Griffin has a stronger chin, but they are similar in many respects. We want Bama. We want Bama. We want Bama. We want Bama. <laughs> we don't. No. No, we don't. Basilek is not a elite quarterback, but he is certainly good enough to lead what what should be a top twenty five offense. And 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 Drinkwins is a good enough play caller to work with him. The reason they can't is because they're never in sync. Because they always got to shoot the ball downfield. Because the defense sucks, and that's the point. People after the first game, second game. Fire Wilkes, fire Wilkes. But, like, this is the fifth game. Like, for real, like, not joking, he really should be gone immediately. Well, we're going to hear a lot of that, yeah. I think. Well, like I said, I, I think it's deserved. Like you said, it's the fifth game. And it's just, if there had been even a single solitary thing you could point to about the defense that is good, you know, maybe you could say, no, that's just being too reactionary or that's over the top. But what have you seen in these games to, that makes you think, yeah, Steve Wilkes deserves more time. This defense is getting better. You know, I see signs of improvement. There hasn't been anything. There's not a single monicum of anything to give you any hope whatsoever. No, it's going backwards. It's going the reverse. It's getting worse every game. Apparently, during the halftime show, they said in the studio, they were saying everything that you can do on defense, Missouri's doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Like they said, everything you can do on defense. Yeah, the linebackers are going the wrong direction. I mean, everything's. (sighs) Go ahead. This shit is probably the most embarrassing SEC game I have seen in the entire time we've been in the, in the fucking SEC. I mean, seriously, 45 points in one half versus fucking Tennessee, a first-year head coach and, and fucking badass hoople with no chin. With a backup quarterback, they don't have their main quarterback in. This is just fucking embarrassing. Someone needs to be held accountable, and I'm tired of the goddamn excuses on Twitter from people saying, oh, we just don't have enough talent. You know, Odom's guys. They're just too bad. Fucking Odin beat Tennessee back-to-back years, 50, 50 to 17. There's no fucking excuses for this shit. It's just plain fucking bad. I don't know if it's just Drinkwitz or it's it's mainly on fucking Wilk's shoulders, but Drinkwitz has some, some shit to fucking blame here. I mean, why did he not get this team fucking ready? Why did he not get more transfers for the, for the defensive line that he knew was going to be fucking awful? And the, the base lack has looked like shit. The, the play calling has been questionable all fucking year and this is just the climax of the bad shit that we've seen every fucking week this is just the fucking worst this is the fucking worst i'm fucking done you're not done 
I mean, you know what? You'll be back. It, it, it occurs to me that um, in, oh, like 2016, we were having a, a season sort of like this. We got just destroyed by Leonard Fournette and uh, LSU and Coach Ozeron his first year. And uh, then we went and lost like Middle Tennessee and homecoming. And anyway, we did something at that time because we couldn't play sour grapes. Right. Ever. No. We, we spent two years like not being able to play the game. And so we just we did a thing called hashtag fuck Missouri sour grapes. Only we played it from the Missouri perspective. We just read angry Missouri tweets. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking for those now as we listen to these voicemails. Well, they're, they're out there. <laughs> They're out there. Yes, I went to Missouri in 1996, and I've seen a lot of bad games. I've been to a lot of away games, like the Clemson game, the Texas game in Austin. I've seen horrible football played at times. But now that we're in the SEC, this is beyond embarrassing. The defensive coordinator has to go. The team quit. It's unwatchable. And we had a lot of big recruits at the game today. All I can say is changes need to be made immediately. Thank you. Straight into the point. Yeah, 55-17, bedazzled sack through another pick. I'm going the fuck home. Who knew the best part about my day would be Colin reaching for my junk? It's the highlight of everyone's day. Oh, yeah. Also, North Texas averages 200 yards per game rushing. So, it ain't getting anywhere better from here. So, better start drinking. Fuck my life. Yeah, I, I'm still less worried about North Texas. West Coast Mizzou fan again. It's one thing to lose. It's another thing to for Tennessee to damn near put up a 60-burger right now. It's still early in the fourth quarter, so maybe things will change, but who fucking knows. It, uh, we just do not have the horses to compete right now. I am not looking forward. If Tennessee does this to us, what's Georgia going to do? What's Florida going to do? Arkansas is going to be looking for some revenge. Goodness, there's only so much... Our offense can do with the defense is just as hapless as they are. My goodness. All right. Go Mazzocast. You're right. Man, guys, so sorry I couldn't make the tailgate too. It looks like it was an awesome time from the photos, but uh, what an ugly, ugly game from Mizzou. I could watch it after the first quarter and in the second quarter. Just so, so bad. I haven't checked this. I was going to go see a game, but, dude, this team is so bad. And it's just like, I love my Tigers, but... I haven't seen a worse team in a long, long time. Uh, so much hot garbage in one place. Hot anyway, MIZ here to hopefully their teams in the years to come, but not this year. That's right. And I think that's the that's the long view. If you want to sleep tonight, just think, well, mm-hmm. it just ain't going to be this year. Every team has a not this year, and it ain't ours. We have the best soda. So I drove seven and a half hours from Minnesota to come to today's game, and I saw hot garbage in person. Hot garbage. I mean, I don't know if we're going to win against Vanderbilt at this point. This team is just doesn't have talent defense. Our offense is now not good. What happened in the last week that just went from mediocre to just bad? I'm concerned. I'm really concerned. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Is there any way that we can, like, tinker with our schedule so that we're only playing, like, high school teams for the rest of the season? Maybe, I don't know, a Mizzou-Hickman game would be a little bit more competitive. We're all embarrassed right now. We all know it. M-I-Z. 
Yeah. I mean, that's why I've said this before. Just, just don't embarrass us, coach. You don't have to win every game. We're not going to win a championship every year or ever. Maybe. I don't know, but just don't embarrass us. I'm embarrassed. What a shit fucking show. I don't even know what to say. That was the worst performance I've seen in years out of a fucking Missouri defense. Looks like they didn't give a fuck. Just out there fucking do 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 do. We're fucking here. <laughs> Steve Wilkes. Oh, let's be patient. We got to keep him around. Maybe he'll turn it around. That guy's a fucking dipshit. <laughs> I mean, when I look up dipshit in the dictionary, it's Steve fucking Wilkes. He couldn't coach himself out of a fucking toilet. What a fucking douchebag. Fuck it. <laughs> Burn it down, start over, fire the fucking defense, let some other shitheads fucking play. Fuck me, run it. <laughs> wow. Strong feelings. Strong voicemail in general. Well, I was one in five people left in the stands in the fourth quarter. Ooh, it's a lady. I didn't even have the right announcer. Like, who are you? Say red zone right. That's some hot-ass garbage. Garbage. This is really hard to be a Mizzou fan sometimes. You ain't wrong, sister. Literally heartbreaking. (laughs) Heartbreaking. It's not what you want to hear. Fuck. Auburn is the best team in SEC. Mm -hmm. I don't have any facts or any reasons about it. I'm going to tell you that they used to have Cam Newton. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's right. Uh, so if you're coming to the Mazzotcast, you want to get some facts about what's going to happen next week, you learned that Auburn once had Cam Newton. Yep. That's, that's, the, that's what you come here for. <laughs> and you got it. Uh, God damn. Uh, I'm just going through Twitter, and I, I, I tell you what, I don't see a lot of Pollyanna out there. There's even... There's a little bit. Uh, it's so bad, even the Pollyannas are having a little trouble coming up with something to cling to. Do you want to forget about Mizzou for a minute and just look around the rest of the SEC? Might as well. We we break our bread at Waffle House. Our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. You know, Mike Steele and his crew uh, put that jingle together, and it was good to see him today. But, Colin, speaking of the tailgate, we did take the Paul Feinbot to the tailgate, and I know it rained. He got a little rain on it. Would you try to fire him up? Is he all right? Sure. Oh, he'll be fine. I, I made him waterproof. There's a lot of seals in there. Alabama, Alabama, Nick Saban. All right, we're recording this Saturday evening, so there's still some football to be played, but we can discuss what we've seen so far. Obviously, uh, one of the first games of the day was the much-heralded Arkansas-Georgia game, and I think I texted Colin, I don't know, three or four times about this game because I was so excited. I bet Arkansas. Georgia was laying 18 points, and I just thought that was a huge line. Arkansas looked so good, but I was completely bamboozled by Sam Pittman, the con artist. Georgia dicked the Hogs. 37 to zero. <laughs> yeah, it turns out Arkansas is still Arkansas. Yeah, I, Brendan kept texting me about this, wanting me to, like, this line, this line. And I, I agreed. I was like, man, that's when they move it to 18, 18 and a half, they're basically saying, like, it's not going to be two touchdowns and a field goal. It's going to be three touchdown beatdown. I thought, I'm just not sure that, like, I agree. Oh, I like that bet. Well, I, mean, I, I agree that, the, the, that they could win by two touchdowns, but man, three touchdowns, that's a big beatdown. And Arkansas is playing pretty good, but I was, 
No. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you were right, Paul. I was wrong, admittedly. I I thought Arkansas was – I I had bought in. I believed. And I should have known better because, you know, Arkansas is trash. You're right about that. You should be fired. Ah, You may be right. South Carolina played against Troy. This one just got over with. South Carolina defeated Troy 23-14 to in an, another unimpressive effort. But, uh, you know, I still take them to beat Missouri. I'm, I mean, Yeah, I mean, I don't think Missouri could beat Troy or South Carolina at this point. Right. I mean, honestly, who do you beat without a defense? Simo. No. Yeah, Simo and Central Michigan. So the Mississippi State-Texas A&M game, one we're all looking forward to, uh, hasn't been played yet. So neither has the Vandy-UConn game, which no one cares about. And Auburn-LSU is the nightcap. So – We'll go back up to the Alabama Ole Miss game because it just ended for us. Alabama won 42 to 21 and 14 of those points from Ole Miss came in the fourth quarter during some garbage time minutes. Yep. This was supposed to be one of the big matchups and Chris Doring going on the record over and over again saying Ole Miss was going to win this game. A lot of people looked at it. Colin, you didn't believe. Well, it's not that I don't agree that Ole Miss looks better, and I Matt Corral's a good quarterback, and you know Lane Kiff is an innovative play caller, but you know it's still Alabama. They're still a fucking meteorite that will destroy you. I mean, like they will end life on this planet. I love it. Alabama, in football terms, is the reason we don't have dinosaurs anymore. And so there's no way that Ole Miss is suddenly going to just. Rocket into that stratosphere. I mean, I just, I don't know why anybody thought that. Chris Doring, why would you think that? I mean, I get it. They're playing better, but we're talking about Alabama. You know what I mean? I don't agree. Alabama, I don't care. I want all this. So I don't know if Alabama's lead this year. I keep hearing people sort of make that because I guess it's because of the Florida not, game. I guess Alabama's not destroying people as much as they should. I guess you know what I mean. It's but, just the Florida game. Yeah, and fuck you. I mean, Alabama is still a goddamn buzzsaw. And, uh, You're right about that. And Old Miss ran into it today. Yes, sir. Well, the Florida Gators we mentioned are going up against Kentucky as we speak. It's currently 7-7 in the second quarter, so we don't know how this one's going to end up. But it's certainly a seemingly a evenly contested game. And I think the line was 7.5 on this one. I think people had Florida favored, and that was one that you were looking at to bet, Colin. Kentucky's defense is showing up, and Florida – I mean, maybe Florida just exhausted themselves giving Alabama all they want. But, yeah, this is uh, – Makes me wonder how the fucking Kentucky-Missouri game ever was so close to begin with. Well, I think what you're seeing is – we were talking earlier about the defense being a 1 on a scale of 1 to 10. I think – Maybe just because there was some enthusiasm still in this season, the players hadn't completely just checked out on Wilkes that they were they were maybe playing at a two or a three, and that was enough against a, a, a mediocre Kentucky team or and a and a mediocre Boston College team. But when you start playing and oh fuck, that doesn't make any sense. So what the fuck am I saying? Tennessee's terrible. I don't know. But the defense is completely given up at this point. I I don't know. I'm at a loss. This may be a game where we kind of wish we would have podcasted the next day when we had some time to sleep on it. I don't know. I, but what I fear is if we'd have slept on it, I'd have been like, fuck, I don't even care. Like, you know, yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't mean, even want to get a show out. We're, we're here and uh, we went to the game and we're together. So we decided to podcast and it's going to make for a uh, angry show. Well, it's going to make for a show with a lot, a lot of, you know, SEC around the horn. But I mean, God darn, <laughs> what a disaster. <laughs> well, let's look ahead to next week. <laughs> Uh, Georgia is facing Auburn, who used to have Cam Newton, we've learned. 
Georgia obviously had no trouble with Arkansas. They're the second best team in the country right now. I think Auburn's going to learn a lesson there, just like Arkansas did this weekend. Paul, who do you think is going to win this one? Georgia. Yeah, there's only one team that could even think about handling Alabama, and it's Georgia. Florida gave Alabama all they wanted, but it was really a, a product of Florida playing up and Alabama playing down. But I think Georgia's defensive line is so good that they they could compete with a uh, Alabama offensive line and probably even apply pressure. But I'd still pick Alabama in that game. You know, until Alabama until Alabama gives you a reason not to pick them, why wouldn't you pick them? You know what I mean? Until and this sort of looks with Mizzou's defense. Until we get a defense, why would you ever just presume we're going to win anything? Well, I agree. Arkansas, after taking an absolute fucking beat down from Georgia, will face Ole Miss, who got their beat down from Alabama this weekend. So those are two programs, both clearly on the up and up, but got a little bit of a reality check this weekend. And it will be interesting to see which one bounces back. It's going to be held at Ole Miss. Paul, who do you like in this one? Ole Miss. I'm going to go with uh, Ole Miss, honestly. I think uh, maybe Arkansas got exposed for being slightly overrated. Arkansas is playing better football than us, obviously. And they're a better team than I thought, but they're still not. I mean, they're still the same players. You know what I mean? That from last year or in the year before. And it's still the same program. And even if Sam Pittman's all that Arkansas wants him to be, you're not going to turn it all around in one season. It's the same. They're, they're, these are two teams that are facing the same story. Ole Miss, up and up, but they're not Alabama yet. And I still think fucking Sam Pittman should stick. I still think it's going to wear out. I still, he has no doubt improved that team. I still, I'm not buying. You know what I mean? I'm just not buying. I wasn't buying yet. I mean, Arkansas, I knew Arkansas was going to kick the shit out of us just because they are playing better football, but don't get your hopes up. I mean, this is, this is Kentucky. You know what I mean? It's Kentucky being jacked because. They think they've got a, you know, a bunch of seniors and they think they're going to compete for the SEC East this year and end up being in the middle of the road. You know what I mean? That's what Arkansas can hope for is like, Oh, we're really good. And maybe we'll get to third place in the SEC West, <laughs> which congratulations. That's a, an accomplishment for Arkansas and the SEC West is an extremely difficult division, but let's not get out of our skis here. Arkansas was never truly going to be competitive for the top of this division or this conference, and they're not going to be. And Sam Pittman's not the answer. I mean, and that doesn't mean Sam Pittman can't be there for 15 years and be hit there Gary Pinkle. But let's not pretend for even a fucking moment that they have any chances against the Alabamas or the Georgias of the world, obviously. No, and we'll find out whether they have any chance against the old Misses of the world on Saturday. Vanderbilt is going to Florida. for That's an easy one. It's an 11 o'clock game. Florida's going to clobber. The Commodores. Yeah, they're going to push their turds way up there. I, I like that bet. Florida. And then South Carolina is going to Knoxville to take on Tennessee. And, I mean, based on what we saw today, I would have to think that Tennessee is going to be favored in this one. Uh, South Carolina is not a good team. But you can't really learn anything from the Missouri game for Tennessee because we fucking were terrible. Yeah. It's like SEMO game for them. Mm-hmm. So I still I'd go with Tennessee. Who do you think about this one, Colin? Yeah, it's hard not to pick Tennessee after what we saw today. Like I said, I don't know that I trust what I saw today. I mean, obviously we don't play defense, and we're not even trying to play defense at this point. It's one thing to be trying and failing, but we didn't even try today. So it's hard to it's hard to gauge anything from Tennessee against us. <laughs> Paul, what about you? Tennessee. Yeah. All right. We're all united on that. LSU is headed to Kentucky now. And this, uh, you know, we don't know what's going to happen tonight with the Kentucky Florida game. It's a close one. I mean, if Kentucky wins that game against Florida, that will be a huge boost for them. They will be riding high. You carry that momentum in against LSU or will you be deflated from having an emotional game and be down for LSU? 
that's a lot of ifs because we don't even know how this fucker's going to end tonight. But yeah, uh, if they do lose the game, I think then they look at LSU as the next chance to prove that they're still one of the top programs in the East. But uh, I mean, it's it's not a game I'd want to bet. LSU's not great, but you always expect an LSU to beat a Kentucky. You know what I mean? That's, that's kind of how I feel about those. Unless you've given reason to believe otherwise, you got to just go with what happened. Kentucky's not that good, obviously. I mean, they did beat us, but we're no good. And they didn't beat us. They, I mean, we were in that game. Kentucky's going to suffer from of something that Mizzou often struggles from, even in their best years, and that is the the war of talent attrition. You know, by the end of the fourth quarter, when everybody's starting to get gassed and the game comes down to it, a lot of times that's when you really start to see that talent differential come into play. And I think at the end of the day, LSU's going to have better players, and once Kentucky starts to wear down a little bit, there's just going to be this sort of – it happens all the time. The team with the most talent eventually just wins that war of attrition – yeah, so I, I mean, if Kentucky's competitive for four quarters in this game, honestly, I'd be surprised. Paul, what do you think? LSU. That's, uh, I guess we're all on board there, too. And that takes us to the Alabama-Texas A&M game. This is the one that the SEC media, I feel like, wants to be the matchup of the year every year mm. and never is. Yeah. Uh, it, it all started because Johnny Manziel came in the first year and they beat Alabama and they cream their jeans so much so that they forget that we fucking beat Johnny Manziel to go to the SEC title game a year later. But anyway, it's never what they hope it to be. Texas A&M is not. Texas A&M is never what you hope them to be. You talk about, Oh, I, I, um, I saw the uh, J boy show talking and, you know, taking umbrage at the comparison between Jimbo Fisher and Kevin Sumlin. Cause that's what they're, he's being, you know, they're, they're hanging that on him like, Oh, just another Kevin Sumlin. And I'm like, I don't know, Jay boy <laughs> Where's the lie at? I mean, I, at some point, maybe Jimbo – I mean, I'd still rather have Jimbo Fisher than fucking Kevin Sumlin. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, like, this is not – this is another yet another year where Texas A&M does not live up to the expectations. It's three and one, but they haven't looked impressive. Uh, they're playing Mississippi State tonight. Yeah, do you tonight. have any confidence in them, like, competitively in the West? Fuck no. Well, like I said, they're playing Mississippi State tonight. We don't know what's going to happen there. If they lose that game, I mean, then I don't even think anybody's going to care about that. They better beat Mississippi State or I will tell you that, you know, that he is Kevin Sumlin. (laughs) Yeah, it's true enough. It's just another one of the situations. It's like, you really want to bet against Alabama? Yeah, why would you ever do that? No. Alabama. We know. We know what you think about this game, Paul. Nick Saban, Alabama. Yeah, you got to pick them. I mean, you're you're foolhardy not to. That's right. Well, that takes us to the final game on the docket, Colin. That is North Texas sitting at one and three, coming to Columbia, Missouri, to take on the two and three hapless Missouri Tigers. And the hapless Tigers continue to inch toward the bottom of the SEC. Paul says it every week, and it yeah. just gets truer and truer. Yeah, a lot of times I feel like he's just saying it to antagonize us, but obviously mm-hmm. this year it's just the straight up facts. I'll pass on watching the Missouri game. I don't blame you. I don't yeah. blame you. I, it's homecoming, obviously. I'm wondering how many people are going to show up to homecoming to watch this abysmal shit show. There were less than 50,000 today at this game. And granted, it was not the best of weather and all that stuff, but it yeah. was. Well, Colin, coming into this game, we already knew the enthusiasm was low. Yeah. It used to not be the case. If Tennessee was coming to town, that would be enough to bring yeah. in a crowd. Yeah. The fact that we're bringing crowds in the 40s, they're going in the wrong direction. Well, I think what it really boils down to is. Do you want to go watch Mizzou lose? Because you, why attend a game that you really don't have any confidence we could win? And I mean, I think if you listen to our preview show, you know, it's like we didn't have any confidence. And I think I mean, if you have a choice, especially if you like live locally, if you're a Columbia resident or live in the, the mid-Missouri area and you think, I could go to the Mizzou game today. And you're like, do I really want to drive there? 
you know, mm-hmm. to watch him. $100 for a ticket. Yeah, easy. Yeah. You usually want to come with somebody, so you're spending 200 And sadly, like, there's guys like that called into the show that drove seven hours to watch this. Yeah. I mean, we watched till halftime, and then we literally left the stadium. Yeah, and I thought we gave them more than they deserved. They'd scored 45 points in the first half. So, yeah, we probably were too generous by staying that long. Exactly. You know, you can't blame people for not showing up to this fucking shit. I mean, we spent, I don't know how much money on this tailgate and had a great time and everything. We did everything we could to have a good day. Mm -hmm. But nobody on that football field in a Missouri uniform helped us out, except for, I'd say, Tyler Beatty and Mevis. Yeah, Tyler Beatty and Mevis um, are standouts on this team. And I feel bad for Tyler Beatty. You know what I mean? Like, he's obviously an extraordinary talent. He is the best player on this football team, and this is his senior year. This is what he gets to go out with, with this defense. You know what I mean? That's not his fault. He can't help it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel bad for that guy. He's an amazing football player, and he has to watch this other half just completely let him down. Uh, it's an, it's unfortunate. It happens every year. There's always good football players on bad teams that are just have to kind of take their licks, and it's unfortunate. But it just, it no, just the, way it is. the thing that makes me sad about Beatty is that um, the big question mark coming into the season would be he be able to t- pick up the extra workload that Roundtree did before him, and I think he's shown the answer to that. I really is, had any doubt about no, but that. it was the question that people. No, were asking, for sure. But, and I mean, it's, I guess it's a legitimate question. But I said, I mean, you can go back to two seasons ago three seasons ago when we started talking about Beatty and he was just, you know, these sort of, they just let, they're poking him in there here and there. And he's like, I would tell you, the Beatty looks explosive, looks electric. And it is, it's a shame. It's not a shame because Larry Roundtree was an exceptionally good uh, running back, but it's a shame that Beatty got so few carries last year because Roundtree was so good because Beatty was, and Beatty was a big part of the offense last year, but I mean, he, he could have been a lot bigger part. Well, and I, honestly, though, I, I did, I'm not too upset about that because when we use Beatty a lot, a lot of times it means the, the rest of the offense is struggling. We yeah. we lean on him um, as a crutch. And so whenever he's getting tons and tons and tons of carries, a lot of that means other shit ain't working. Well, and and that, I would love him to be just ingredient in a really delicious stew instead of one good ingredient in a poop soup. <laughs> oh, delicious poop soup. That's one other thing I saw today that I hadn't seen uh, much of this season that may, you know just added to the misery, and that is you know those handoffs where three t- Tennessee players are already in the backfield just yeah. demolishing him. I'm like, where did the offensive line go? How did that happen? You know, how do you how does anybody penetrate that deeply into the backfield that quickly? You know what I mean? Like, it shouldn't be a thing, and it happened several times to Beatty. And you couldn't run between the tackles at all. I mean, when Beatty was making yards, I mean, they would they were either trying to stretch it out or, or running, a, you know, screens and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's maybe it gets lost in the shuffle a little bit because of how bad this defense is. But the offensive line has not looked great uh, to add to the fucking poop soup, as you would say. <laughs> well, let's close the horn out. Colin... The palate cleanser we always need every week is obviously Kansas news, and it's we've gotten to that time in the day. Well, I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. First story of the day. Kansas woman lost over $100,000 in computer scam. This sounds eerily familiar, doesn't it, Colin? It does. We had a complete buffoon who uh, got interviewed on a uh, the WhatsApp 
<laughs> yeah, and lost a couple grand in a stupid interview scheme mm-hmm. that he should have seen a mile coming. Sure. Uh, and this woman's lost $100,000. Sedgwick County District Attorney is again alerting the public after another Kansas woman lost over $100,000 in a computer scam. Microsoft will never proactively reach out to you to provide <laughs> unsolicited PC or technical support. If you receive a phone call claiming to be from Microsoft or see a pop-up window with your PC with a fake warning message and a phone number, well, <laughs> you hope it doesn't say fake warning. I've you have to discern the, that uh, yourself. The uh, email from like McAfee, like a uh, protection plan and stuff, like getting emails like, we've just charged your card for your re-up yeah, yeah. McAfee. Dude. I'm like, really? That seems strange. I don't remember doing that. I bet if I click on this, there's some way that I'm going to need to send you money. Yeah. Oh, your process, your your transaction process. Why don't you go and give us that credit card number? Yeah. Your penis enlarger mm-hmm. subscription service yeah. has uh, expired. Let's have your social security number. Anyway, so Kansans are just being routinely duped by these easily discovered scam attempts. And you wonder, you know, you get these emails, and you're like, it must work on somebody or else they wouldn't do it. And well, Kansans. Yeah, you, you get the impression that most Kansas residents, so you could just put like a stick holding up a box and you hold, you just tie a tr- string to that stick. Mm-hmm. And then you just put a rock of meth mm-hmm. under the box. Mm-hmm. And the minute they go for it, you just pull the string stick box. You know what I mean? It's, you could catch them easy. Catch a Kansan. Yeah, that's how you catch a Kansan, Brennan. You guys should write that down. Kansas profile, it says, you don't know Jack. Well, that sounds like something a teenager might say, but in this case... Does it? (laughs) According to... You don't know Jack. I've heard teenagers say that a lot. According to the Kansan. It's the first thing youth consultant Connor said to me when he walked up to our... uh, (laughs) You don't know Jack. Yeah, he's like, you don't know Jack. And I was like... That's what kids say. I think he took one look around and saw that everybody was at least 20 years older than him. It's like, oh, yeah, I got a place to be. It's <laughs> yeah. called anywhere. <laughs> it's anywhere else, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. But it's this case, I didn't get to know Jack. What's more, I got to know – this is first person. This is an odd article. I got to know the three creative women who are with Jack. They're utilizing his story to promote a business and their community. Sisters Marsha Hoagland and Diane Johnson and Rhonda Gabriel are the owners of Red Dirt Jacks in Medicine Lodge. Red Dirt Jacks is a gas station, convenience store, and more. Is this the one you sent me? Mm-hmm. So this is a, a story about a convenience store, Brennan. This, uh-huh. is, this, is, this is why I sent this to you. Okay. This is what passes for news in Kansas. <laughs> okay. I know you're looking at me going, what am I reading? Yes, I am. But I'm just saying, this is a, a, a story about a, a convenience store <laughs> run by sisters. <laughs> and The end. Yeah. Yeah. News transmitted. Yeah. All right. Well, let's fucking move on to the next one, I guess. <laughs> well, do you want to ever, you want to read more? Well, I mean, do you want me to? Well, Burton, I'm sure there's some sort of hook in this, right? Well, you would think there are a lot of words. Years ago, Rhonda had been at a charity auction where she purchased a stuffed donkey that was the size of a large dog. She nicknamed it Jack. What does one do with a large stuffed donkey? I tried giving it away, but somehow he kept finding his way back. Nobody wanted a giant stuffed donkey. Well, Brandon, there's says. the hook. You you were worried that this story wouldn't have any relevancy <laughs> or be worth reading. Wouldn't go anywhere. And they named their convenience store after a stuffed donkey they got several years ago. See, you would have missed out, Brandon, if you'd quit reading. As the sisters I'm glad dis- I pushed forward. <laughs> as, the dis- as the sisters discussed what to name the store, their cousin suggested they name it for Jack. Because of the location in Red Dirt Country, they named it Red Dirt Jack. Jack. Became the mascot for their business. And they all lived happily ever after. What the fuck? What a terrible, terrible news story. Thanks, Kansas. Great work. All right. Final story of the day, Colin. Topekans drawing penises with e-scooter skid marks 
at levels bird scooters has not seen in other cities. Oh man, they're really well. You know what, Brennan? We can, uh, you know, Kansas can stick their a feather in their cap in that. You know what I mean? Like we yeah, they're we bag on Kansas. You know what I mean? But if you can't say something nice once in a while, then you're just being a crazy fanatic. You know, mm-hmm. just being you're not you're not being rational. And that skid mark scooter cocks. Congratulations, Kansas! You mm-hmm. lead the nation. You got your thing. <laughs> Congrats. Topeka. There are several changes coming to the new Bird electric scooters in Topeka after they were used for vulgar graffiti. A representative for Bird met Tuesday with the Topeka City Council. While discussing ways to stop the graffiti during the meeting, the council confirmed that a series of penises, <laughs> a series of penis drawings made with skid marks from Bird scooter tires have appeared all over Topeka. The easy-to-rent electric scooters, which cost a dollar to start, first came to the capital city in April. They immediately came with problems, like scooters going missing within the first week, and some speculation that riders were violating local traffic laws. Bird's governing partnership manager said some hiccups are common while Bird comes to a new town. This is pretty normal anytime you launch a new, new city. People get excited. They don't really have the rider habits we'd like, and we're continuing to monitor that. We're not used to so many penises, though. No. But who is, I mean, other than, you know, maybe a porn actress. That's right. So apparently they've learned how to draw penises on the ground and they can do nothing else in Topeka these days. Like that's all they do. Renting. How much is Bird profiting from that? Sticking I don't know. But Brendan, I'm going to tell you what. Bird skid mark penises. Mm -hmm. Congratulations, Kansas. You're the leader in that clubhouse. <laughs> yeah, that's your thing. Well, and you might notice that I said that was the final story of the day and didn't bring any football. And that's because, Colin, I guess we can bring you this this story, but it's rather incomplete. Kansas is currently, apparently, playing football. They're taking on Iowa State, who was supposed to be good this year. I heard a lot of hype about yeah, Iowa sure. State, and it turns out they suck. They're 2-2, two and two, but they're already leading Kansas 7-0 early in the first quarter. I think we can just preemptively um, give – Kansas, the uh, yeah. Let's just guess that it's going to be forty-eight to seven. I think they're going to be happy. Give them seven yeah, points. Sure. That's right. Well, that's kind of you. That'll do it for this week's Kansas news. Colin, we have two awards we'd like to give out. Sure. I have an unusual candidate for the Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game. Oh, really? Well, one of the candidates I'd like to bring to your attention is at our tailgate. We had a guest who attended in a number fourteen jersey, a Kirk. Farmer jersey, and he had long flowing locks himself. Sure. So that's a candidate. Yeah. But I'm going off field here because we couldn't give it to Beatty again or Mevis or something. But in a game like this, I don't think any Mizzou Tigers. We're not going. I'm not going to give the award on the field. I'm going to give it to Mike Steele. Yeah. Who came to the tailgate in the rain and with his guys performed the Tennessee song live mm. at the Mazzotcast yeah, tailgate. And uh, I'm I'm willing to give him the Kirk Farmer's mantle. Oh, I, I, he should wear it with pride. You're you're down for that? It's Absolutely. Un, it, it's a little unorthodox. Absolutely. I really didn't get to talk to him much. Of this. I, I said thank you. I never even had a conversation with the guy. Well, I know. When, when he's he, a huge part of our show, and I never even – Well, it, you know, we, people really started to show up, and then I got to feel like – there's a ton of people I didn't get to talk to as much as I'd liked. Mm-hmm. Well, Mike Steele, God bless you. Congrats. I wish we 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 got to get together again because I, I I'd like to have a word with you. Yeah, split a beer. Yeah, there should be more opportunities because that was a fucking that was a, a riot. Yeah, it was awesome. All right, uh, that takes us to our next award, obviously named after TJ Mo, once a, a great slot receiver for the Tigers, now a huge fucking douchebag. <laughs> and uh, that's why we named it the TJ Mo Douche of the Week. Douche of the Week. Candidate Colin. The Mizzou defense. 
And I say that because they weren't just bad. They were lazy and they didn't try and they pulled up when they're running after players and they, I mean, they gave up. I mean, there's no other way around it. That's nothing. What could be more douchey? Quitting. Than just quitting, just laying down like a bunch of fucking dogs. Bums! Fucking bums! <laughs> anyway. I would, I could, I would say that that for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could say Steve Wilkes or something like that, but it's the whole everybody involved in the entire defensive process, mm-hmm. including Drinkwitz. I guess you know what I mean. Yeah. Like the whole defensive universe played pretty douchey this week. Yep, and we usually don't do it for on the field. Play. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, swagger and confidence that we all love in Drinkwitz quickly becomes douchey. Yeah, when you're not winning football games, I'll say that. Well, I was going to also throw out uh, for just like some douchitude. Lane Kiffin, before his game, he was just getting constantly antagonizing. Well, he he was getting interviewed before the game and, you know, they like keep their COVID distance or whatever. Yeah. And he, in the middle of the interview, just took off his microphone and he just goes, Barry, get your popcorn out through that, through the microphone back at the TV crew and just like walked off while she That's was in the I mean. middle. Swagger, whatever, it all co- comes off pretty douchey. When you get housed by Alabama. Exactly. That's what happened to follow. That's what made it That's so like, uh, you know, Drinkwitz antagonizing other coaches and poking fun and being all this. Oh, it's all fun at the uh, SEC media days until your fucking defense lays down in the fucking games and just gets you fucking worked. So anyway, anyway lesson learned. Yeah. So who are we giving it to? <laughs> oh, let's, uh, you know, what? I'm going to give it to Eli Drinkwitz. Oh. Uh, that's my vote. Eli is, uh, we are Eli fans and we have been nothing but cheerleaders for him. But all that swagger is nothing but douche when you can't fucking get the job done. All right. Well, fun douche of the week. All right, Colin. Now to the part I wanted to talk to you about our goddamn tailgate. And, uh, you it was know, a good time. Yeah. We, we bitched and moaned about the time of day and everything like that. And it did rain. Everything you didn't want to happen mm-hmm. happened. But despite everything, it was a good goddamn time. Yep. We got there and, uh, it was, you know, we'll early- definitely do it again, Brennan. Yeah. We're definitely going to wait for the Missouri Tigers to show us that they're better a football team than this. Yeah. Because it's a big deal and it takes a lot of effort. It and takes money. Yeah. More than anything. I mean, and it costs we spent us actual money. real money to do and it. So. And, but people came. And, you know, I was worried like in the seven o'clock hour because it was a little slow, but who the fuck is going to show up at seven o'clock? I don't want to uh, spend that kind of money to watch my team. Let somebody score 45 points in the first half. So let's, you know, we're not going to wait next round next <laughs> time, but it was great. And, and uh, everybody had a good time. I think uh, we had a lot of visitors. A lot of people took pictures with the fine bot. See, we had a picture of a Mizzou Tiger with, with his foot player. on a decapitated head of a Tennessee player. And- Did not turn out. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it should have been the other way around, but it was there. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, people were interacting with us. We got a lot of photos with fans and uh, met a lot of fun people. Gave away a lot of stickers. Yeah. Would have liked to have met more people and hung out some more, but, uh, we only, the clock was ticking. I mean, we get there at seven o'clock, games at 11. We just didn't have enough time. Yeah. Um, but, we're so grateful. We met Tyler Beatty's parents yeah, came to the tailgate. Cool. That was cool. Yeah. Hey, you're listeners to the show. Yeah. So thank you so thought. much. It's yeah, great. Yeah. You guys are listening right now. Thanks for coming by the tailgate. <laughs> Your lo- son's an amazing, amazing, amazing football player. Yeah. We could give him a player of the game every week and it would be deserved. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming. And I mean, we can't wait to do this again. I think if the team, if the team makes it worth its while, yeah. we will do it again. It was a big success. Absolutely. So, all right, Colin, we got North Texas. We got to sleep on this one. We got to recover, lick our wounds, and just kind of look at the season differently. It's a different season than we'd hoped. Yep. And I want to say that before we leave, too, Brennan, it's like, tell your friends about the Mazodcast. Follow us on Twitter. Leave a review on uh, iTunes. We don't ask for that anymore. Like, I realize that at the end of every show we used to do, like, go leave us a review on iTunes. Yeah. 
We haven't done that in a while. So leave us a review on iTunes. We yeah. always like those. And they, you know, the last few we've gotten have usually basically just come from fan bases. We've trolled, <laughs> trolled. They've gotten, uh, they diligently hunted us down to, uh, leave us a terrible review because they, you know, we, uh, called their school or team or state, uh, fucking trash so <laughs> we've got a few of those sure yep that's a good idea yeah please do leave us a review and, and always you can always send us a voicemail or an email or an email at gmail send us your music for the show the bumpers you know and obviously keep sending those voicemails they're magic well and i never do this and i should every week i should do this but our phone number if you do want to leave a voicemail and you're not on social media and don't see it uh, our number for calling into the show is 314-896- Three eight four nine. Leave us your voicemail. Keep it under two minutes. Keep it under a minute. Thirty seconds is the best voicemail. Yeah, yeah. Fifteen to thirty is the yeah, best. That's what I'm saying. You know, get your message out there. Say something goofy, uh, but don't give us a thirty minute breakdown on the game because we don't want to hear it. <laughs> it's just not going to make the air. Yeah, you can't, it, it would be the whole show if yeah. we did that with yeah. everybody. So anyway. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for participating. And we got to see it in real life today, which is fun because yeah. we know we have listeners. It shows up on that thing, but it doesn't seem real until we meet you. Yeah. And we very, we're, there's really very few opportunities where you actually interact with or meet fans. And, you know, obviously the numbers show that people listen, but it's, it's a, it's a different thing when you actually meet people who, who yeah. listen. <laughs> yep. So anyway, thanks for everybody. It was a tough week, but we'll get through it. Things will improve one day. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Do-do-do-do, we're fucking here. <laughs> Steve Wilkes.